his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My best friend Jenny came over for coffee, said it's cold enough in here to play hockey. Well, my fern is broken, it's already late. Call Jerry Kelly, cause they're open till 8. JerryKelly.com The fast and they're good, and they got it going on. Jerry Kelly. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Something is obviously wrong. This is a joke, right? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? No way. You got to be kidding me. Don't feel bad. There's no way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? Ron, we've talked about state slogans and city slogans a lot. What was the Missouri Mm -hmm. slogan that we were questioning? Show us your business. No, that's the one. That's the one. Show we, me your business. Show me, show me your business is the one that we wanted because it was a listener. Yes, and because suggested. we were trying to get slogans to promote business and commerce right. in in Missouri. That's a great one. Okay, well, Nebraska is retiring its state slogan. Um, on Monday this week, the Nebraska tourism director announced public- publicly that it was ditching the slogan that they've had for five years. And that slogan is Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. <laughs> I, I, Amy, I saw that and I thought it was a joke. No, it's real. I didn't I, realize that they really were using that. It is to me. It's direct. It's genuine. It's probably true. I mean, Nebraska isn't for everyone. No state is for everyone. I love it. But I guess people are done with it. They said everything has a shelf life. So in Nebraska, they are ditching the what I think to be very catchy slogan. Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. I will say this. Uh, Oh, go ahead. I like it. I do, too. Along that line. I don't know if you saw this happened. Now, this happened um, years ago, but it reminded me, the Nebraska slogan reminded me of when the uh, chief marketing officer had to resign from Rhode Island because she came up with a new tourism slogan for Rhode Island where it said, Rhode Island, cooler and warmer. And I guess people hated it and she had to resign. Whoa. What's wrong with that? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but yeah, what's wrong I, with it? I guess like, hey, we're cool. But uh, the governor said we've gotten a huge amount of feedback in the past few days on the campaign. Some positive, but most of it is very critical. Oh. Yeah. Well, they New s- Englanders, man. Cooler and warmer is not a tagline that Rhode Islanders like. 
That has been made clear. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing about people from New England. Yeah. And Rhode Island is a half hour from Boston. They will let you know exactly what they think of you. They, and they, they absolutely do. do. Back, well, they don't hold I, back when they're love. fans. Like right. Philadelphia, being yeah. an athlete, any athlete who ever complains, any coach who ever complains about coaching, playing, or managing in St. Louis, really all they need to do is go Stop. play in New England. That's right. Yeah. Go play in New England. Go play in Philly. Go play in New York. All the markets, even Chicago. Uh, go play in those markets, and then you'll you'll find out what it's like. I mean, Philly um, throws batteries at players they like. Imagine if they didn't well, like you. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> Again, I respect Santa's it. Just, I, I do, too. Oh. Um, you, you know how I feel about teams in sports trying to relocate. Yeah. Happened to us well, in St. Louis with Stan Kroenke. Not just the teams, but when greedy owners want greedy to owners. unjustly move the teams and, to add insult to injury, blame it on the fans. Blame it on the fans. They drive the team into the ground intentionally. They make the team bad, and then they say, well... People aren't supporting us. It's time to go. It's the old major league Mm. uh, tactic of making the team as lousy as possible so you can relocate them. Well, you know about the Oakland A's who have intention Mm -hmm. of moving to Las Vegas. Did you see the mayor of Las Vegas on a podcast a couple of days ago, the front office sports podcast, saying that the A's... Now, again, this is the mayor of Vegas who is potentially about to acquire this major league team she is saying that the a's should probably explore options of staying in oakland first really yes she says um this is mayor carolyn goodman um there is a plan in in vegas to build a one and a half billion dollar stadium she said the team stadium plan does not make sense and that ownership should try to figure out a way to stay in the Bay Area. Quote, I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. Hmm. This was on a podcast that came out yesterday. She recorded it a few days ago. Is... But that's that that's astounding. And then she did have to because she got a little bit of pushback from people in Vegas. And she went to social media and she... She clarified and she said, I want to be clear. I'm excited about the prospect of Major League Baseball in Vegas. And it very well may be that the Vegas A's will become a reality. But she's saying that Oakland has great baseball fans, and I'm paraphrasing, and they should figure out a way to stay there. And if then they can't, well, then I guess they can come to Vegas. But I've I've never seen a team or a city that is set to acquire a team have the mayor of that city say yeah maybe you should try to stay where you are right because you know i mean generally it's some type of financial or economic windfall for the receiving city but i i wonder is she thinking and this would be i think a very negative or cynical view but is she thinking we've got a football team we've got a hockey team we have all of what Vegas is, we're not going to support a baseball team and it's going to look bad. Is there any chance no. that she thinks it's going to look bad? 
Well, I guess privately she could be thinking that, um, but that's not what she's saying. Um, she is, on the other hand, saying that this has proven already to be a location, a city that can um, support a professional sports franchise. Mm. They've done it with the Golden Knights. They've done it with the Raiders. They will have no problem with a baseball team. Not everybody who's going to go to the games will live in Vegas. You've got so many tourists who will maybe catch a game while they're there for a weekend or there for whatever other reason. But um, there is public financing of $380 million that will go to that project. Mm-hmm. And and I think they don't want to spend that as a city. So there are some legal challenges to it right now. Gotcha. So it probably has a lot to do with money, but I've never seen that, yeah. Amy. I've never seen, and maybe it's happened, I just don't know it, but a mayor who's no. about to have the benefit of getting a baseball team saying, ah, why don't you try to stay where you're at? Right. I mean, I get the pushback. We talked about this the other day from hosting the Olympics. That's a huge headache oh, you know, for yeah. everyone who lives in that city. Financially, you always lose money. I get that, but... To say, well, we don't necessarily need this Major League Baseball team. No, I haven't seen that. Hey, Raj, do you remember the name Jack Sweeney? He is the 21-year-old who was following Elon Musk's plane. He had the Elon Jet Tracker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he got uh, banned, right? He did get banned, but then it was back up after 24 hours. He put the account back up on Twitter. Well, attorneys for Taylor Swift Swift are now threatening legal action against Jack Sweeney because oh. he is now tracking Taylor Swift's private jets flights as well as other famous people, notable people, their jet flights. Now, you know, he looks at the emissions and her plane and she's saying, well, her the letter from her lawyers say that it causes, quote, direct and irreparable harm, end quote, to Swift because she's had to deal with stalkers throughout her career. However, Jack Sweeney is saying, first of all, this is public information. We all know she's in Tokyo and that she's flying to Vegas. It's not real time. And we pretty much know what city she's in. So he's saying, I don't think this really adds any information about Taylor Swift's location. Right, because you can get this information publicly. The website is there tracking any flights. All you have to know is the flight number, and you can you can find it. Um, the difference between the two for me, between mm-hmm. Taylor and Elon, is Elon was up before that. He was very much an advocate of, hey, you know, free speech, if it's public information, it's okay, do whatever you want, until it affected yeah. him personally. And then he didn't like it, and that's why he took down the guy's... Uh, account for a hand for a little bit but but for swift i get where she's coming from however i don't it doesn't seem to me like she's got a leg to stand on here no i don't think so either and i will say this too because some public information like a person's address or how much their house cost it costs yeah it's public but it's different making people go find it versus publishing it for everyone to see. I get that. I I would feel violated if even some public information were just, oh, we're going to throw this out there for the world to see without them looking for it themselves. However, her cities, where she's going, because she tours so much, the cities are already there. We pretty much know where she has homes. We know that her boyfriend lives in Kansas City. So you can kind of guess where she's going anyway. All right, to uh, end this little segment here, Ron. Do you know what happened 60 years ago today? 60 years ago today, um, 
Here's a hint. Oh. Oh, is this a Shea Stadium? The Beatles landed at Kennedy Airport. They landed in America. Oh. And then Ed Sullivan, right? Yep. February 7th, 1964. The Beatles landed at Kennedy International Airport and changed the world. They really did, man. I love the I Beatles. I love the Beatles. They're oh. so good. That movie. God, great. Have you seen the movie yesterday? I did. It. I. You know what? I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty I mean, good. It's, it's an interesting concept. It's cutesy. I get it. But I did think it. It really does show how the Beatles music is timeless and reaches so, so many different generations. For anybody who has not seen it and doesn't know what it's about, it is about a guy who just one day um, something magical happens and he is the only person in the world <laughs> who remembers the Beatles mm-hmm. and nobody else knows who they are. So he just kind of steals their songs. Yeah, um, it's it's really it's an interesting concept. And Ed Sheeran plays a not insignificant role and a very self-deprecating role in that film as well. He's kind of funny in it. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark Scores. When we come back, Bud Light, baby. Donald Trump. Match made in heaven. This is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores with you, and Bud Light. Ranj has been in the news for a year and a half now. How long has it been? A year? Almost uh, a year. It's almost spring. a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had a controversial social media post with the transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney, and sales plummeted after that. They plummeted 20% in 2023, Bud Light sales plunged 20% in 2023, and they continued to drop in 2024 with sales down almost 30% in the first four weeks of the year. But now there is a, I don't want to say a strange advocate, but maybe a surprising advocate of Bud Light in former President Donald Trump. Tell me more, Amy. Okay. Uh, he, did, he, did, he did have a post on Truth Social, yeah. um, which... It was I, I felt like it was coming out of nowhere until you dig a little deeper into it. But yeah, go ahead. he's going to have a fundraiser, I believe, yeah. by yes. an Anheuser-Busch lobbyist. Here's what Donald J. Trump posted on Truth. The Bud Light ad was a mistake of epic proportions, and for that, a very big price was paid. But Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. But I can give you plenty that are. I'm building a list and might just release it for the world to see. 
Why not? The radical left does it viciously to well-run conservative companies and people. Very nasty. But it's the way they play the game. On the other hand, Anheuser-Busch spends $700 million a year with our great farmers, employs 65,000 Americans, of which 1,500 are veterans, and is a founding corporate partner of Folds of Honor, which provides scholarships for families of fallen servicemen and women. They've raised over $30 million and given 44,000 scholarships. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Second chance. What do you think? Question mark. Perhaps instead we should be going after those companies that are looking to destroy America. All caps. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, There's a few things here, Amy. First of all, as I've maintained, the Anheuser-Busch Bud Light boycott, as you are free to boycott whatever you want for whatever reason you want to, I found that one to be really, really stupid. But you can do whatever you want. What is, I think, problematic about the Trump thing, and we'll talk about why he's doing this, and I think it's because uh, a a friend of his is, an associate of his, is holding that fundraiser, and his name's Jeff Miller, who has ties with Anheuser-Busch in the past, and this probably has a lot to do with that. But I am very uncomfortable with the idea that a nominee the likely nominee for president for a major political party is advocating for um, taking down American companies. Now, while he, he is correct that there are some people out there who like to uh, boycott conservative companies, you don't have major politicians. You don't have presidential candidates putting together a list of all the companies that they have deemed to be too, quote, woke, that they want to destroy and then believe that those companies are trying to destroy America. That's insane. That is that is some that's really crazy stuff. That's actually um, a good point about Donald Trump's position in the political world where, yes, you can boycott who you want to boycott, but it would be next level if you had Barack Obama or Joe Biden saying, Let's take down Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. They are destroying America. Let's make sure they're gone. Let's get rid Which of them. Never, exactly. If individuals are free to boycott, boycott Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A however they want to, um, that's fine. But you can't have a presidential mm-hmm. candidate advocate you and then, and then pretend to be pro-business. Are you pro-business or not? Are you pro-American companies or not? And if you are not, then go by all means do this, but don't act like you are and then say, here's a list of all these companies I think we should boycott. How is that business friendly? Yeah, it's interesting because you're starting to see this pugilistic conservatism. We saw it with Ron DeSantis going after Disney. And the weird thing is, historically, conservatives have been the builders in the sense that we have good institutions, let's build them up. And I broad brushstroke. But yeah, the left, the progressives tends to be let's tear it down and start over. It's not working. Tear it down. You are starting to see more of the tear it down uh, arguments from the conservative side, whether it be draining the swamp and taking down the FBI, getting rid of the IRS to let's take down woke companies. This is new. I have not seen conservatives be the tear it down party. And what nonsensical idea is this? That a company that operates in America is trying to destroy the comp- the, the country that it works in and makes money in? 
That doesn't even make any sense. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores. Senator Tracy McCreary joins us next to discuss her anti-cyberstalking bill. Amy Mark scores. Chris Ranji with you. Well, we're joined now by Missouri Senator Tracy McCreary from District 24 to discuss uh, an, a bill that is being proposed in Missouri to stop cyberstalking and harassment. It is the T- Stop Cyberstalking and Harassment Task Force. That force would be charged with developing best practices for prevent- preventing things like cyberstalking and harassment. Senator McCreary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, and thank you for helping spread the word about uh, the prevalence of cyberstalking and harassment. Well, can you give our listeners kind of an overview of what this bill does and why it is necessary? Of course. Well, I'm sure all of your listeners know that we we basically live our lives online now. We can't really get away from our phones, our tablets, our computers, that kind of thing. And Um, With the rise of social media and artificial intelligence and things like that, it's very easy now for cyber stalkers to find people to harass and torture and intimidate online. And quite simply, we the the laws and the services to help support survivors and victims have not kept up with this technology. So what we're trying to do with this task force is to bring together experts from all different walks of life to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support victims and survivors um, during during the violation, but also after. And then more importantly, making sure that we have laws in place so that we can go after these folks that are uh, harassing people online. Nationally, it appears, depending on where you look, that we're talking uh, upwards of 8 million people per year are reporting that they are being cyber-stalked in one way or another, whether it's women, children, sometimes it is men. How bad is the problem in the state of Missouri? Well, it's hard to say because uh, when when we had an officer, a retired police officer, testify in support of this bill on Monday, a lot of these crimes go unreported because they uh, they're just. It's not like somebody shows up at your door and threatens to rape you. These are things that are happening online. And so depending on what jurisdiction you live in, sometimes the law enforcement response, they're not even sure what to do with it. So this is a vastly underreported crime, but yet it is a crime nonetheless. So that's really what we're trying to um, you know, get our hands around is to try to get experts all around a table to figure out how we can help prevent some of this cyber stalking so that, you know, these victims are, it's frightening and it's life changing. And we've got to find methods to support and protect the victims. And I know that cyber stalking and harassment, it's complicated on multiple levels. One, because a lot of times it crosses state lines. And two, because it involves technology and the law always lags behind new technology. Does this bill help to address some of those issues? It will, because we will get folks, there are experts within law enforcement, both, you know, in in your listening area, but all around the country that are experts at tracking down who these predators are. So, you know, what we're going to do is figure out a way that we can help put tools in the hands of law enforcement and prosecutors so they can track down who is making these threats. So, yeah, there's there's technology out there available, but you're absolutely right. The laws have not kept pace with the rapid changes in technology. 
State Senator Tracy McCreary is with us on the Quiver River Electric guest line, a task force that we're talking about here that you that this uh, ultimately will result in, hopefully. Do you already have in mind people that you would like to serve on this? How would those people be chosen? What would be the process? Well, I don't have specific individuals in mind, but we're going to have folks come in from the public Department of Public Safety, Highway Patrol, prosecuting attorneys, lots of law enforcement folks. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, there are folks that are experts at um, cyber, uh, at tracking folks that are committing cyber crimes. So we'll bring some of those experts in. Um, I, we'd also like to have folks um, on the task force that work with students, both from K to 12, but also at college, because a lot of the victims of cyber stalking and harassment are students. So we want to make sure we're um, doing everything we can to you know, hear from that perspective as well, because I'm hopeful that there are some things we can do to help shore up students to make sure that they're, um, you know, less likely to become victims. And I think there are probably some best practices out there that we can be doing to help protect our students and young people in our lives. There was a committee hearing on Monday and several people spoke from whether from law enforcement or victims and one cyber stalking victim, Angela Voris, uh, spoke at this hearing and she talked about her stalker who was and is, quote, a complete stranger. And she got a lot of threats until over the course of several years, those threats became explicitly sexual in nature. And it it's it only five years. It was five years after her first threats that she received a protective order. Why does it take so long in cases like this for the victim to get help? Well, it's it's a complex situation. And in each, each victim's story is very unique. And I've talked to several victims who have shared their stories and like they, their stories haunt me to this day, quite honestly. I it, I think about the survivors all the time. And that's part of the reason I'm moving forward with this work. So one of the challenges that we heard um, in testimony the other day is uh, people can set up alias accounts on social media. So you don't actually know who the person is. And so it's not as simple as, you know, somebody showing up on your doorstep and you can say, yes, that's the person. Like she had, she and law enforcement had no idea where these threats were coming from. And it takes, it takes a while to, to get, to track things down. And more importantly, it it takes um, a lot of persistence and hard work from prosecutors and law enforcement and victim services and everything to to get everything uh, pulled together. It's not very frequent that you see a piece of legislation proposed that seems like it would be a slam dunk, that everybody would be on board. Are you getting mostly support with this as far as you know? I am. And, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in the Missouri State Capitol that are truly nonpartisan. And this is one of those things. This bill almost made it across the finish line last year. It was in an omnibus uh, criminal justice reform bill, but the bill got vetoed by Governor Parson for other reasons, not because of this task force. So the good news is a lot of uh, Jefferson City elected officials have already voted in support of this bill before. So I think it'll be an easier run this time. If someone is listening and is a victim themselves of cyberstalking or harassment, do you have any resources for them or any advice for them where they can go for help? 
Well, there are there's an organization called RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, that has some great advice for those that are victims of stalking and harassment. But I would say make sure that you're keeping track. Like, don't just if you get threats and if if things are coming into you on different social media accounts, hold on to those things. I know it's really tempting to delete them because they're upsetting, but these are things that could be evidence down the road. So um, make sure you're holding on to things and don't be afraid to reach out to law enforcement and ask for help. This is truly a crime. Just because it's a a new, like, high-tech crime, it's still a crime. And nobody should have to live in fear. And so, you know, you might have to be your best advocate, but you need to reach out and ask for help. And, And I guarantee you there are folks out there that want to help. Do you have a timeline on the bill? Well, uh, I know the there was bill, a hearing recently, right? Yeah, the, there was a hearing on Monday. I anticipate that it'll be voted out of committee next week. It's um, already been rolled into some other bills that are moving, so that's really good news as well. So this this language is appear has appeared already in several bills that are moving forward. So we're going to keep working really, really hard because I feel like it's our job as lawmakers to put laws into place and put things into place that can help protect victims. Senator Tracy McCreary of District 24, thank you so much for your time and some explanation about that bill. Uh, We hope to have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Ron, that is something that we talk about where we are getting bipartisan support for as much as we criticize those in government locally and nationally, there are some things like this bill where you see people coming together, like Coldwater Creek and the nuclear waste where people are coming together. And even with big tech and protecting kids from social media, big tech, TikTok, all of that, you're seeing both sides come together. And if anything, it can be an encouragement. Well, you, you hope that that continues and you'd like to see it bleed into other issues, but we'll take what we can get now. Uh, Senate Bill 1070 is the one that's in question now, and I would imagine it would move forward, and it should. This is this is one of those that, like I said earlier, is a slam dunk. And we want to hear from you, 314-436-7900. You can call or text. You can leave a voicemail at 314-944-1120. And let's get to some of your responses next. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is The Chris and Amy Show. Hello, this is Sebastian Gorka. I never really thought much about pain until I started listening to Chris Ranji and Amy Mark's course. Then, and only then, did I discover the true meaning of deep, dark, everlasting pain. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, what does he need? Not pain relief. What's it called? <laughs> relief factor. Relief, relief factor. I'm 74, and I never knew that pain could bother people until I had pain. <laughs> <laughs> don't wow. die on me Ranj. well i'm already almost there so i know that's that's awesome that's uh pretty good <laughs> hey, you know voicemails uh 314-944-1120 for you those leave nice ones too you oh know. yeah we get a lot of nice ones i just appreciate that one because that guy gets the show <laughs> because one he of does. Ranj's favorite things in the whole world is are the relief factor commercials specifically I think it's Larry Elder who didn't know what pain was. Well, it's both of them. Do they both say that? 
Larry Elder and Sebastian Gordon. Yeah, they both yeah. say, like, I, I never knew that pain could bother people until I myself <laughs> had pain. Like, wow. Like, wow. Well, how about how about uh, some empathy? Huh? I know. And not to like it's awesome. not to poo poo advertisers. But I will say whenever I'm feeling cynical and down, all you need is uh, to listen to a My Patriot Supply commercial. And then you realize, oh, you know, I'm pretty positive and life is pretty good. You I know how it no- is looking out the window, <laughs> children dying in bread lines. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, uh, look, Amy, there is nothing wrong with being prepared. There's not. nothing wrong with it. Preparation. No. So if, yeah. yeah. What do they say? Goals without a plan are just wishes. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. That, that sounds right. We were talking yeah. about uh, demotivational posters. Runners are weird, right? And we it's all about suffering. And there is this whole line of demotivational posters. One has a mountain and it says, the only thing standing in the way between you and your dreams is obstacles. And then (laughs) another one, like you see the gym poster, you know, pain is fear leaving your body or whatever. There's one and it says pain is just your body's way of telling you, you may be doing irreparable damage. And that's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's kind of funny. Uh, That's exactly what it is, I think. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, running is a punishment. It is. You're, you're, you're one of the six people in the entire world who thinks running is fun well i don't even think it's fun i'm just i like it it's fun sometimes it's it is weird i'm not very skilled my one skill is i can play the long game and also long suffering but the ability to suffer is not really something you want to hang your hat on it's just what i have and one professional marathoner put it she said yeah being a marathoner is just Learning how to be bored while you're suffering. Yes. Yeah. That's, bro, you figured it out. Um, if you think about it, though, when you, if you play sports, mm-hmm. a lot of times, team sports, a lot of times, running is punishment. It is. No, it is. And that and running is our sport. Like, there's nothing, it doesn't get better. And that's why one of my friends who played basketball, and he played professional basketball, And I was talking about this anxiety I had for this workout that I had on Thursday in the morning, like a track workout. And he said, I have never once had so much anxiety that I wasn't going to be able to make it through basketball practice. Like I never dreaded basketball practice. And you dread track workouts. I'm like, yes, I do. And he said, why do you do it? Because it's fun. (laughs) Well, okay. Um, People have differing opinions of fun. I and differing definitions. I I think the reason running, I never liked it because mm-hmm. it it always felt like there was no, there was no um, end game other than to be finished. Yeah. W- when you're playing baseball and you're running, you're running to a base. You're running to get to home plate to score a run. When you're playing tennis, you're running to get to the ball. Same thing in football. You're running toward a goal line. It, it just always seemed like running was running for the sake of running. Well, maybe for some people it is. And I would say even for me, eventually it will be. I just love it's mental. It's a mental release more than anything. But it can also be racing, which you kind of get that idea. Like I am going to beat this person or racing against yeah. a time They're They're in cross country. They would always there was like slogans and you would have them on the back of your shirt. And it just said, you won't die. You'll pass out first. 
That's a, oh. I know. That's a, a weird sport. I wanted to throw this out here real quick, Ranj, before uh, we get to the top of the hour. Nikki Haley did lost to, quote, none of the above. Oh. The none of the above, none of these candidates option in the Nevada Republican primary. Very confusing because Haley was on the primary. Trump was not. Trump did the caucus. Haley did not. So those two were separate. But in the primary, Nikki Haley was on the list. But so was the option. None of these candidates. And she did lose. In fact, none of these candidates, that option received nearly double the votes that Haley oh, that's earned. not look I, I know it doesn't really matter right. because of the way they do their their whole process their their primary and caucus pro, the primary doesn't matter it's the caucus that does so it's it's weird anyway but just the I think the visual of that mm-hmm. the visual of getting absolutely blitzed by <laughs> none of the above basically anybody but you right that doesn't feel great no but I'm still holding out hope I don't know why because you're optimistic. That's you're right. a runner. Thank you, Ranj. He's Chris yeah. Ranji. I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is The Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.